We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Rotowire Soccer DFS Show. We are here to discuss Saturday's UCL Champions League final between heavy favorites Manchester City and our plucky Syria underdogs Inter Milan. My name is Jack Burkhart. You can find me on Twitter at Jack Burkhart, and I am joined by, unfortunately, our now former King of the Pitch champion, but still all-around great guy, great player, Ryan Balangi. Ryan, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks. Um... Would have been doing better if we did a little better in the king of the pitch, but uh, at least we have some soccer going on this weekend. Nice contest. Um, but yeah, I'm doing good overall. I mean, disappointing king of the pitch. You know, we were talking before. I know you were disappointed too, but sometimes that's the way it goes. Yeah, sometimes you make some great plays and then it doesn't matter because Moneyball takes uh, seven yeah. of the top 12 spots i mean legendary live final performance for him i mean good for him you know he's a regular but also screw him but <laughs> right i mean he must i mean he made i can't even believe how much money he must have made definitely over two hundred fifty thousand. maybe a lot more than that if if he played a bunch of smaller field stuff high stakes that 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 we don't even track but just insane you know all you needed to all you really needed was alexander arnold and foro that combination and pretty much won you everything and yeah I got greedy playing a bunch of Samikas trying to save money with some Matt Target I mean just you know yeah you know I go the whole year my whole life playing the best defenders and then the biggest contest of the year get greedy and fade Alexander Arnold try to jam in a bunch of goal scorers I don't know it's just yeah you try to lucky Arsenal I had a ton of Arsenal I see somebody saying Arsenal stack I got fortunate that my one decent lineup got eighth place to eke out a small profit. But I mean, yeah, it was almost a complete disaster. Well, it was fun for me to be in the contest. I was looking up from 172nd, but it was a tough contest for a lot of people. You had to play TAA and Poro. And uh, look, I mean, yeah, it just doesn't work out. Jack, right? The first King of the Pitch I ever played in, I had one ticket and I was so excited. And I faded. KDB, who was like 40, I want to say 40%. And he scored like 45 points or something. And I, <laughs> I think I've, I think I finished like close to last or something. But so, yeah, sometimes it goes that way. Yeah, you know, it was fun to be there. You know, took a rip, got tried to get some low-owned plays in there. You know, Odegaard and Rashford. And, uh, you know, maybe you I thought it. I could make 10K or more. And, you know, I got my $600 min cash. It's nice yeah, I mean, for you, me, you, I guess. You picked, like, two of the only guys who didn't score. Yeah, uh, I mean, but, how know. tilting to play <laughs> Arsenal and they score five goals and Odegaard gets, like, seven floor points. Rashford even yep. had, like, eight floor points. I was like, oh. Yep. Man. And, you know, Bruno scored for Man U. Sancho scored, you know, you Obviously, Kane and everybody else, everybody on Liverpool scored, everybody on Arsenal scored. Yeah, except your guys, you know. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> yeah. It was such a great start, too, because Kane scored early. I'm in the car with my wife. We're like, Kane, yeah, let's go, let's go. And then I see yeah. he's like 40% because he got steamed. Unbelievable. Yeah, I was wrong about that Kane ownership, too. 
Yeah, whatever. Well, you know, no sense in crying over spilled milk. We are here. We got some great contests. I think there's 20K up top with a 100K purse, 4,500 entrance for the main flagship GPP, $25 entry. I've been collecting some tickets for that, so that should be very exciting. But let's actually talk about this Champions League final we have. It's unfortunately a showdown involving Manchester City, which isn't really that fun from a DFS point of view, but we'll try to crack the code and see if there's any angles. Manchester City are about minus 200 favorites. That's 65% to win. Um, their clean sheet odds seem a little bit high, but I guess it's a cup final, so that kind of those get bumped up a little bit. At 43%, I believe that's clean sheets through regular time, but uh, you have to read the fine print. An implied goal total of two. It's basically projected for, on a neutral field, Manchester City domination. And Ryan, I was wondering what you thought about these odds, because I thought maybe Inter are a little bit better than this. I mean, you know, these aren't huge discrepancies, but I thought Inter might be like, you know, 20% to win. And that 5% does make a little bit of a difference. I think these 42% clean sheet odds are rich. I know this is a really liquid market, but I, I just have my doubts. So what do you think about the odds, Ryan? Well, I don't know. Maybe we're, we disagree just a little bit. I don't know. Like, to me, it just feels like City are about 50% to keep a clean sheet in this spot. I mean, oh, they're really? just, <laughs> City's just, yeah, they just, they're, they dominate everyone. You watch the game and they're going to have all the possession. At least this is what I think. I I, I, I guess I, I've given plenty of teams this season chances against Manchester City, and it just never seems to work out. And, like, sometimes not even close either. I mean, I'm thinking about the Bayern matchup, Madrid matchup. I mean, these teams just struggle to score and create chances, and City are just so dominant. I mean, look, I know Inter's good. Um. But yeah, no, it's like it's so annoying that we have a city, a city game to talk about for this showdown. I mean, first of all, because they're just so hard to predict. You know, it's so tough to play players against them. Um, and then you know, for the for the GPP, you you end up with more duplicate lineups than than any other showdown. I mean, I'm all these city showdowns this year. You make clean sheet lineups like one nothing, two nothing lineups. I mean, you're just you're duping with so many people and like every combination too. So yeah. we got that. Not only is it hard to predict, but then when you do predict it for that route, you're probably going to chop with a bunch of people. So I mean, we'll get into tournaments later, but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a it's an annoying slate. I don't know. I kind of hope you're right though um, about sort of the odds disrespecting Inter. I hope you're right because I think I'm going to play tournaments that way just because i think it makes sense but yeah there's gonna be a few ways to play tournaments and i think we'll talk a little bit more later but it's just the massive dupe machine there's so many players that are going to be owned in combination with each other like if you play kevin de bruyne and Haaland, like 70 percent of the field is going to start with those two players okay now you have to beat the rest of the field on a 4v4 now you play Aderson. I mean, these 1-0 lineups are good, but I've done some Excel studies on these things. And when it's pretty clear targets about who to target for these 1-0 lineups, those three guys get owned a ton in combination. It might not even be like a sneaky thing. Sure, it has that sort of upside when a specific game script happens, but so many people are playing along those lines. So finding smart ways to be a little bit different I don't know. I'm a sicko, Ryan. I can't handle chopping with seven people. Like I would rather just make a pivot. Like there's a great player in the lobby, Fear My Turtle, and he kind of got screwed in a GPP a month ago because he made a 1v1 just so he left 1,500 salary on the table. A seven lineup train took down the GPP, but I thought his lineup is better and you have to feel happy with your equity. And of course, tilted when you finish seventh place for peanuts in these prize structures. But um, that's kind of my inclination to play. These yeah. Games. No, sorry, Turtle. Turtle got so unlucky. I think that was an Inter showdown. He had Mkhitaryan. He lost by like less than a point, only because Mkhitaryan got subbed at half. Yeah, but, you know, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm too much of a sicko to to try to make all these city clean sheet lineups. Like you were saying, imagine how many lineups are going to have Halland, KDB, Ederson, and a city defender. I mean, just so many lineups that will start with those with that 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 four those four I mean, it's just it's very difficult to to get different yeah and i mean it, it's just like what's the equity of that it's 20k up top you're gonna chop 10 times does that happen enough and you're flipping all these ridiculous 2v2s uh, we'll see I'm, but we can dig into it i do want to talk about some of the lineup news 
Um, we have some questionables on Inter, and they've rotated a little bit lately in league play, but we are basically expecting Inter's best 11 to be available. DeMarco's been a little bit fatigued. He's been nursing some knocks, but we're going to expect him to start and do his usual 65 minutes. And then um, Henrik Mkhitaryan, he picked up a knock as well, but I also think he'll start. He's another guy who gets subbed off at 65 minutes, but he's also the min price. The small bit of news that's worth considering is that it looks like Kyle Walker has had some negative injury developments. So I, I opened up the blurb and Pep said that it wasn't great. Um, they want to be very, very careful with him, but there's a chance that Kyle Walker doesn't start. And then we would expect someone like Nathan Ake. Um, does the absence of Kyle Walker, I mean, maybe that helps DeMarco in a GPP lineup, Brian, does that really make move the needle at all for you? Or um, is it basically um, that he's going to blast off? Yeah, it's it's it would be a, a bump to DeMarco. You're right, at least a small bump to DeMarco. Like, you know, maybe he gets – an extra cross or two from open play. I don't know, you know, stuff like that. Kyle Walker is a tough, tough matchup for anyone on the left side. Um, seems like he'll play, but yeah, I guess, you know, you never know with with Pep, but he's notorious for um, sort of sandbagging with injury news in the media. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, Mkhitaryan seems like he's going to go to only 3,000. I don't know. Yeah, I think the lineups we have are – probably what you're going to see. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be too many surprises. Um, we'll try to figure out inter-sub pat- patterns. I mean, Manchester City barely substitute either, so it feels like I'm pretty confident I'll get 90 or 80 minutes from just about anyone unless something weird happens like yellow cards. Um, all right, Ryan, your favorite game. We're going to talk about showdown cash games. So, um, Okay. No, I, Ryan doesn't play too much showdown cash. I don't, I've never played showdown cash, but this slate... Uh, it seems pretty simple to break down, but yeah, I do too. So maybe I'll try to give my breakdown of how I felt. I wrote an article on the site, so you can take a look at that. I think there's some two v twos that you're going to want to look at, um, and that's usually what decides these things. But I think Kevin De Bruyne is going to be a pretty obvious captain choice. He'll take at least a partial row on set pieces. He just has a killer floor. He's been crushing it lately. And I just don't think there's enough to be gained from fading Erling Holland at 11,000. He's minus 190 to score. And when you face these situations in showdown, oh, Holland's goal dependent, it's not a classic slate. We don't have like eight spots to deal with. We only have six spots. And when you fade Holland, you have to ask, what other salary am I getting? And I don't think I'm going to want to play any of these Inter Milan set piece takers. And I'm not sure that, you know, getting to play Ilkay Gundogan and Rodri over like a punt and uh, something else is going to be like something that's going to make up for those points. Holland's also been flooring lately pretty well. He has one game with a floor below seven in his last six starts, but he's been doing pretty well. Eight and a half point floor in the FA Cup final. So I think you just pencil those two in, and then you're going to want to start looking at the mid-range. But maybe, Ryan, we can pause there. Do you see any reason in a cash game format to not play KDB in the captain and not just slot in Holland in the flex spot? Mm. Yeah, I wish I could disagree, but... Uh, definitely not with KDB and the captain. That's just, you can't do anything else. It's just out of the question. Yeah. For everything that you said, his floor is just so much higher than everybody else's. And it's, it's so safe to Halland. Yeah. Um, probably just going to play him too. Do I see any reason not to? Um, well, yeah, there, there, the reason not to would be, let's say if you wanted to play Grealish and Ederson, Maybe. I don't think you can fit all those guys. I'm not saying you'd want to do that, but maybe some people would think that. Another reason would be, I guess, if, if you want to spend up for Chalanoglu, but you mentioned that seems tough too in, in, in this matchup. So yeah, you know, I, I would just, I would captain KDB and then I would play Allen. Yeah, so if we're just making that start, look, you can fade Halland and try to pencil in one of these mid-range guys that we'll talk about, but I'm just not sure that's the best approach. When I've, I've been studying these showdown contests, the best players are usually playing goal scorers like Holland in these types of spots. I think you should just mimic that sort of behavior in absence of better information. If you have an edge on something, then go for it. Um, but yeah, let's talk about some of these mid-range options. Ryan, you mentioned unless you wanted to play Aderson and Jack Grealish, well, I found my dummy lineup does have those two in it. But there are some okay. interesting options in the mid-range. Well, you have to punt twice, so we'll have to talk. Yeah, about I was looking at that lineup. I was actually, I thought you might throw that lineup at me. I, I think that's acceptable. Oh, <laughs> acceptable. All right, good. I have a yeah. to start the day. That's good. It can only go up from here. <laughs> so let's uh, yeah. talk, let, let's talk about the mid-range. So we have um, Jack Grealish at 8,400. 
Um, let me pull up the Manchester City stuff on the cheat sheet. Uh, Grealish had a pretty bad matchup in the FA Cup. But Ryan, do you think that was kind of more signal or noise just because he had a matchup against Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who's been pocketing wingers all season in the Premier League? Um, yeah, I saw you put that in your article, and that was nice because, yeah, I think that's exactly why. Or that had a lot to do with it, I should say. I mean, it's a very tough spot. Grealish against Juan Basaka. I mean, it's basically the toughest matchup Grealish is going to have to put up floor points. It's tougher to draw fouls against him. It's tougher to get shots off. It's tougher to get crosses off. I mean, just just everything. So, yeah, I agree with that. Grealish seems like a, a better option here. Um, you know, I assume – so you're talking about putting in Grealish and Ederson. Um, and then that leaves you with, what, 332 – 3,100 per spot. So, I mean, I'm sort of skipping around here, but put in Mkhitaryan, obviously. And then what, only Acerbi? Are those the two punts you're talking about? Yeah, you'd be, you can play that. Those are kind of the most okay, expensive, you can viable play options. That. Right, so I guess you want to debate the merits of Ederson, but I don't know. I was looking at that, at that lineup you have, and if you swap in Gunduan for Grealish, I mean, it leaves you a much better option at 4,600, either Onana or Rodri. Um, I don't know. At least that, that's, that 2v2 is debatable, in my opinion. That is a very compelling 2v2. Can you get Rodri if you swap off? Exactly. Exactly. Rod- I mean, it fits like ex- a glove. It's the same salary. Gunduan and Rodri cost the same as Grealish and Acerbi. So, I mean, well, kind of. I- I famously it seems like cannot. It... Yeah, okay, Rodri. I thought Rodri was 4,800. Yeah, so that does... Seems that like does a better 2v2 to me. Um, but also, like, it's worth... To me, it's worth debating Rodri or Onana. I don't... I'd be interested to... That That's an interesting decision to me. I wonder what, like, the sharp players would do there. Dump, um... dump... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's tough to predict what the sharp players do with opposing goalkeeper. I find that I'm a little bit more willing to do it than other than other players, and I'm just more willing to embrace the variance. But I think his median projection is Onana's median projection has to be quite good in this matchup. You have to expect that City will take some shots from distance, but I mean, and they'll have sixty percent possession. I want to interrupt myself. Do City really take inefficient shots that often? That's not something I've really looked into, but like. I remember Luis Pacheco, he was once saying how he'd been playing the opposing goalkeeper against Manchester City all season, and he'd just been getting he'd been getting wrecked because they had been so efficient in front of goals. Uh, do you really think that City are going to be the type of team to take enough shots from distance, like a Real Madrid, that would make it worth playing Onana? Or are they going to be maybe probe a little bit more and take higher you know, expected goal chances? Um, well, I played Courtois against City in the last round, and he had like six saves in the first half, I remember. Um, I mean, KDB is going to rip long shots. Rodri is going to rip a couple. They, they, they might make them. Uh, Gunduan would. I don't mm. know. No, I, you know, that does happen with City sometimes. It seems like it happened more in the past. But, no, I'm not really thinking about it too much. Like, I just think about, you know, City are going to still get a lot of shots. <laughs> Maybe if yeah. – if if, but it, you just got to hope Onana saves the, the really good opportunities they have, I guess. Yeah, there's always a little bit of noise, but when there's high shot volume, there's always a chance for high save volume. And um, you, you kind of have to like Onana as a floor play when he's so cheap at 4,400. So I think one player I was interested in hearing your thoughts on was talking about Ilkay Gunduan. So he's been in really good goal scoring form lately. He got a brace in the FA Cup final. And he's just been doing quite well lately and he was pretty popular in cash as well in that FA cup final. I find his range of outcomes to be pretty undesirable in comparison to Jack Grealish because you're looking at a more uh, bimodal distribution. And what I mean by this is he's going to score five points quite often and he's going to score like 13 points quite often. There's going to be a bit of a gap. Like he's not going to hit the seven point median projection that often someone like Jack Grealish, I feel like he's going to be a little bit more, tightly projecting his range of outcomes he's going to have a lot of eight to ten point performances um 
it just feels like it might be a little bit sick to count on a goal from Ilkay Gundogan because that's basically what you're counting on. I don't really think he has that fantastic a floor in this matchup. Maybe you disagree, but what do you what do you perceive as Ilkay Gundogan's range of outcomes looking like, Ryan? Uh, I think you broke it down perfectly. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about it. Um, bimodal, was that the word? Bimodal, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Grealish has a nice, safe, high floor, and you're right. Gunduan really doesn't. Um, you know, is it worth? Would that be worth playing a Serbi over Rodri or Onana? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, but also, I you know, I just looked at if you don't want to do that, you can captain Grealish, and it leaves you forty six hundred. And... Yeah, I've seen I've seen some good <laughs> players do this if they so. They're not afraid to captain Grealish instead of Kevin De Bruyne, and that does help you improve the punt options. That seems well, pretty you, enticing. It does seem pretty enticing. Um, so, like, you, uh, you think about it, you know, if Grealish scores 10 points and KDB scores 20 points, you're down by five. Can you make that up with Rodri or Onana over a Serbi? Yeah, maybe, but maybe not. But also, you know, maybe the gap isn't 10 points between KDB and Grealish. Um, I don't know. That's the stuff you got away, I guess. I think it's okay if you feel pretty good about Grealish. I think it's okay. So, yeah, maybe KDB lock captain. Maybe I'll take that back. If, if you know, if Grealish is a really good play, that means he's a he's a fine captain as well. Yeah, and it would just be because you do think that you get that five points extra juice out of um... – out of Rodri over someone like a Serbi, but a Serbi, I feel like has a pretty okay floor for someone who's 3,200. I feel like he's a little bit cheap. So I'm going to pull up his game log just for a moment. I mean, we're breaking down showdown. So these are the things you have to do. You kind of have to get a bit in the weeds, but one thing I noticed in his game log that I like, he gets some shots. I think he's kind of a set piece target in that end. He doesn't commit too many fouls, which a lot of these punt center backs often are committing fouls. And you're just totally like if one of these punt center backs gets a yellow card, it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely over for you. Um, So you can't do Mm. that. And it looks like he doesn't profile as someone who gets a lot of yellow cards. I don't know. It seems acceptable to me. These inter center backs get forward more often than usual. And that's why I don't want to pay for Rodri. Like if Rodri gets five points and a Serbi gets three points, I'm going to be mad. I didn't play a Serbi because I feel like, (laughs) yeah, in that case I would be too. But I would say, um, so all the stuff you said about a Serbi and and Inter center backs, they haven't played City yet. Do they get forward <laughs> against City? You know what? He you know he doesn't commit a lot of fouls. He hasn't marked Haaland yet. Um, I would be sort of wor- worried about those things. I mean, I think a yellow. If he, he's going to be the main guy, I think with Haaland too. I mean, yeah. So I mean, I think a yellow card is absolutely on the table um but no i hear you if he was going to score you know also on the table might be interceptions and might be fouls drawn he can draw some fouls against Allen for sure so you know if he's going to get three points and rodri's going to get five then yeah i agree with you but you know yeah good um he doesn't have (laughs) 20 point upside like onana Yes, and Onana can really, really bail you out at 4,400. That's kind of the most, that's the thing I don't want to give up. I really don't want to play a Rodri in this type of situation at 4,600. I feel like he just scores three or four points so often, and that's just not a big enough advantage from what I'm thinking that a Serbi can do. But man, Onana can just blow a Serbi out of the water. It wasn't that long ago when you were like telling me about Rodri's double-digit floor or something in in some showdown video like a a few months ago. Maybe maybe, maybe my memory, maybe that was Adam. I don't know. But no, I I agree. No, I Um, I remember pounding the table for this. I was just looking at his game logs. And for Rodri, you're looking at, you're hoping that you can project a shot. Maybe it gets on target and you're really happy. He's not crossing at all. Maybe he creates a chance. And then you're hoping that he doesn't commit too many fouls. I mean, Rodri's a guy who can get into trouble with committing fouls quite frequently. So that hurts his projection a little bit. So I don't know. You get one shot, one chance created. Let's say it's on target. That's you're looking at three points. And then you get a couple of defensive accruals. It's just tough for me to see the route past six points for Rodri unless he just starts shooting like a lot from distance. And that just doesn't feel like a very, you know, within one standard deviation of the median type of outcome. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, he, 
he does offer a little bit of upside. I mean, we see him score quite a, a, yeah. a range of goals. He's good at, at headers on corner kicks, too, not just long shots. But, I yeah. Mean, but you know, I hear you. It's tough, I think, is the main point. There's merits to both sides of these of these constructions. Rodri's going to finish with, <clears throat> like you said, he's going to score one one or two points sometimes as well. Yeah, and he'll be like a popular tournament option as well, I think, um, just thinking from that point of view. But these are the types of decisions you have to make. I think, Ryan, if we can just recap cash, I think the dominant construction is going to be someone like Kevin De Bruyne, and then you pair him with Holland just because of his high goal scoring odds. Um, we're not really going to look at the inter set piece takers because they split set pieces and uh, DeMarco's not going to be on the field the entire time. Hakan might just get played out of this game. He might not have any, any open play value and he might not get enough set pieces. So they feel rich and uh, kind of choose, you know, two of Gunduan, Aderson, Grealish, and then, you know, base that off of the punts. You're looking at punt decisions of like an Acerbi or a Mikatarian versus an Anana or Rodri. And, um, yeah. Wayne, that is going to be the difference between being a long-term winner and a long-term slight loser in go-down cash <laughs> contest, so have fun. <laughs> I just want to – yeah, I just <clears> – <throat> a question from Ozzy. Dumfries is a good defender too, uh, question mark. Yeah, you know, I assume – talking about Grealish up against Dumfries. We were talking about up against Juan Basaka. No, um, you know, I wish I could – give a more informed opinion on that. I think he's a pretty good defender, not Juan Bissaka, but not nearly, you know, it's not going to, I don't think it's, I wouldn't expect a matchup like against Real Madrid when, I mean, just Carvajal has nothing to offer for, for Grealish. And it's just an amazing matchup that city are going to just try to target all game. I don't think it's that type of matchup. I think Dumfries is capable, but, you know, to be honest, I haven't watched Inter really outside the Champions League, so I'm, I'm not really sure, but something to think about. Yeah, I think one weird thing I noticed in the semifinal when Rafael Liao in the second leg came back, I know Dumfries man-marked him tactically. I was watching, I was grinding the yeah. tape, I was watching the above the above the yeah. stadium camera, and the announcers pointed it out, and it was true. Dumfries kind of was tactically that- flexible and was man-marking Liao. Maybe that happens. I mean, I mean, that's marking layout. It doesn't get much tougher than that. That's yeah. That's, that's exactly something you, you would want to look at. Yeah. So I don't want to play Dumfries necessarily, just given how I think the game script's going to go. He's a guy who can collect a lot of fouls. He doesn't have like the offensive upside. I remember Dumfries was fantastic in the Euro a few years ago. You could play him as a defender and he was just like marauding down the wing, but he's just not that player anymore. Yeah. Um, no his presence yeah, is interesting, I, but not just playing him. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't definitely don't want to play him. But I, I, the first thing I thought of was Ozzy's question. Like the first thing I thought of, like when I'm thinking, do I want to play Grealish or Gunduan? Um, yeah, I was weighing the matchup with Dumfries. Yep, I mean, so that you might have to nick down Grealish's projection a little bit too if they try to target Grealish directly like that but i mean if it's more generic setup then i feel a bit more okay but it's something in the range of outcomes and it's worth considering especially if you don't want to play grealish in a tournament you just assume that dumfries pockets him okay you know that's a route that you can start you can start going down um do we have any other thoughts on cash i i don't it's just good luck on these final two v2s i think but i think we have the construction nailed down for the people i would yeah i would i mean yeah no no yeah. All right. Well, good luck. It's showed on cash, so you're kind of like flipping slightly. I mean, sure. if, if if someone's insistent on playing Chalanoglu or Demarco, I think it's pretty clearly Chalanoglu. I just want to say that for cash. Oh, that's I I I thought maybe that would get a little su- surprise from you. Yeah, um, I uh, don't necessarily agree. Is okay. The reason nice. the minutes. Well, that's part of it, but also um, I would expect him to take the majority of set pieces. Um, and I think people just go in thinking split. Um, and I, it's backed up by the recent logs. I mean, if you look at that, I, I'm looking at it right now. DeMarco's taken one set piece. I mean, what? In six of his last eight games, only one. And I, I just having watched the the last few Champions League matches for Inter, 
Chalinoglu is running over to the left side plenty. And then it's not just that. Just from what he's one of the best corner tick corner kick takers I've seen, Chalinoglu. Mm-hmm. Just putting in amazing balls and in inter scored off at least one of them. I mean, Jekyll scored off that one. They had another header, I remember, off the crossbar, maybe a couple more. Not that DeMarco's bad, but I mean, it, yeah, it, you know, that if I was to play an inter guy for set pieces or for a floor, I, I favor Chalinoglu just based off what I've seen in those recent numbers. And then yeah. the minutes, yeah. He does play I mean, more look, minutes. I mean, maybe I'm looking at too much, but look, yeah, you have it up right now. One mm-hmm. set piece for DeMarco. Only more than two one time in a match where they had 12. There's no way they're going to get 12 in this match. So, I mean... That's yeah, um that's a good inside baseball take right there. Um I think I would change my mind. Um I don't want to play DeMarco anymore and I'm not sure I've, I I don't want to play either of these guys in cash, but that sounds important. One thing that I noticed and this is maybe getting a little bit too in the weeds delving on the Giga brain, Inter had a penalty and it was VAR disallowed, but Hakan had the ball. It wasn't Lautaro. And this maybe you can kind of throw this into the Hakan pile. He's taken one penalty this season and he took it back in November. And Lautaro was on the field. The game was a route against like uh, Sao Sulo or something. But that's one thing worth. You have like a 10% shot that he takes a penalty if he gets it. So you can kind of keep that little nugget in the back of your pocket. That's very interesting. (laughs) It does seem like the set pieces are, it's a little bit too gigabrain. Don't bring this into your cash mentality. That shouldn't affect like the median outcome that much. But like, he, I, I feel like he maybe has some outs thinking about tournaments now. You've kind of made me want to play Hakan a bit more than DeMarco. In G- oh, yeah, it's a good transition to tournaments. I brought that up because I will I, – yeah, I brought that up for tournaments because on, you know, the, some lineups where I'm going to play an intercept piece guy, I'm going to choose Chalinoglu over DeMarco. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. think it makes sense for all those reasons I said, for the minutes like you said, and especially if Kyle Walker starts like – it's just going to be really hard for for DeMarco to get there, assuming he gets subbed off, which you'd have to think he would. Yeah, DeMarco will probably get subbed off at the 60th minute mark. It doesn't seem like he's fit at all for 90 minutes. And this thing can go into extra time as well. And extra time does affect my thinking in these knockout matches, because if I can have a guy who can who goes like 65 minutes and if the game goes 120, you're, you're basically playing a guy who's doing 45. And we would laugh at playing, you know, even mid-price Pedro Neto and Cash going 45 minutes. So that has to yeah. play some part of the calculus as well. And, you know, maybe some of these corner numbers are because of the minutes, you know, DeMarco gets subbed off and then he's not there to split him with Chalinoglu anymore. But you know what? They're likely to have more corners in the second half chasing the game anyways than they will in the first half, at least in my opinion. That does make sense, and that's what Ozzy's saying. They split corners before Demarco got subbed off, but you do really. So yeah, maybe they'll record. split. Maybe they'll split the two that they get in the first half, and then you know after that, <laughs> then Hakan takes four. Or something yeah, yeah. Uh, that's pretty interesting. So we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just thinking from a tournament point of view, I, I mean, like one move that you can make, you can take this uh, dominant construction we talked about in cash. You can just say, well, instead of Grealish, I'm going to play Hakan. And oh, there we go. Now I have this. You don't play Aderson in that lineup just because you want outs to a goal. Uh, do you think something like that's enough or do you want to get a little bit more off the board in in that type of game script? Um, when you're playing someone, let's let's just say you're playing a tournament lineup and you have KDB in Holland and then you play a Chalinoglu. Um, how would you want to approach the rest of your... <laughs> I don't want to... This is like a question almost, but like what type of things do you consider when you're kind of completing, completing that lineup? Do you just want to play the best plays after that? Is Hakan going to be low-owned enough or are you going to try to look for... A little extra something there. Um, yeah, it's a tough question. Um, well, I want to think of the scenarios that that construction will be optimal. Um, like, is Hakan going to be in the winner just based on floor? Maybe he could be like in a one, two, nothing game. I don't know. That's a construction, but then you would still want to have Ederson. Um, is that going to be super chalky though? Like that, those four, uh, can you fit that KDB, Allen, Chalinoglu, Ederson? Well, then you're playing a Serbian Mkhitaryan. There's only one lineup with that. So it's going to be uh, right. Okay. Unless you, field. unless you captain Ederson. Okay. Yeah. So I would never play that lineup. That with Mikatarian and then yeah, you can only make that one lineup. I see that. Okay, um, unless of course Aki and Laporte start, or, or <laughs> then that lineup would be duped. Like, a, oh no, Ruben Diaz is there. You can make that lineup. Sorry, I didn't. There's not many combinations though at the table. Sorry, yeah, I'm just I'm going off on like a weird tangent. Um, yeah, I don't know, Jack. I would I would maybe I would pair Chalinogu with like Onana or Bastoni then. As, as one of the next pieces, I think. Yeah. I know Ozzy's been saying something in the chat that Bestoni seems to cross the ball quite a lot for a center back. I completely agree. Bestoni is very happy to get forward and attack. He's a more attacking-minded center back. And if you're looking to get a little bit different in your punt spots, he costs a little bit more than the min price, and he's below Rodri. But he does offer some type of you know good scoring outcomes, especially if Inter have to chase the game in the last 25 minutes. I could see Bastoni getting up to a six-point floor, and he might be the highest scoring floor point in this under 5K region. And you're thinking about that, that sounds pretty good to me. So I do like a Bastoni. A Bastoni Definitely, yeah. I mean, that. Bastoni is, I mean, he's got to be, he's one of the best attacking center backs in the world. I mean, yeah mentioned in chat he loves to cross he loves to cross he's also big and athletic he's like six four he's good in the air yeah i'm a big bastoni fan um especially in in games where the rest of his team doesn't have a high floor so it doesn't take as much to to get there or be optimal in a lot a lot of times for a cheaper salary um yeah I, i like that um again like i don't know it's hard for to specifically answer your question but like I would just be, I'll be looking to get different, I guess is the answer. Yeah. I'll be looking to avoid dupes. I mean, how are you, like, how are you thinking about doing that? Yeah, I, I, the way I want to avoid dupes in this, in this tournament, I'll have six tickets in it. Uh, my main approach is just going to be leaving a lot of salary on the table. I think this is a move that people are still somewhat reluctant to do. Mm-hmm. And there are opportunities to leave a lot of salary on the table because there's a big gap in this 7K to 5K region. If you look at the players priced in this range, it's just not particularly inspiring. There's one player I like in that range, and um, he's more of a contrarian tournament option. But below Gunduan, you have Jekko, who's just like a total tournament dart. You're, it's goal or bust at like plus 350 goal scoring odds, so... I mean, that's an option. We can talk about constructions like that. You have Dumfries, who I don't want to play. I don't want to play John Stones. Rodri kind of has a thin range of outcomes. And then you have, like, Walker, and you have, like, these very low-range guys. But this, everyone below 7K and above 4,500, I consider this gross, outside of Nico Berea. And, Ryan, every time I was making these lineups and I unplug Holland and I put in some player from Inter, I was just being funneled into playing a ton of Nico Berea. So what do you think about lineups where you do a KDB captain, which is the best captain play, and you can play Grealish, 
and then you can play someone like a goal scorer on enter. You can play a Hakan, and then you can throw in a Nico Barea, and then finish the rest of your lineup. Um, do you see that? Do you see Nico Barea getting steamed because he's the only viable candidate in that gap range, or do you still think that that'll be a pretty good construction? Because that's one thing that I'm looking at that I quite like. That's an interesting question. Yeah, do I see him getting steamed? Because yeah, because because he's the only one there. I mean, <clears throat> maybe slightly. But it can't be too much, right? Like it can't be too much because people are gonna just look at it and think, "Oh, I don't want to pay sixty two hundred." Yeah. But yeah, you know, a few people just for what you said. No, I I like that call though. You know, Barella. Barella's a guy. You know, he's he's as likely to score as as anyone. I mean, I know that's not the case, but in a spot against City where there's going to be limited chances, yeah, that's the way I look at it, at least, if I'm building a tournament lineup. Barella can score goals in this spot. He can come up with assists. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I was thinking, too, one remark you said about like if Hakan or just any player can just get there on floor alone. And how many players really have an outstanding floor for Manchester City? It's not many, actually, right? Holland doesn't have a... No. I mean, De Bruyne has a great floor, but a lot of these players can just score five or less, and I'm just I'm shrugging my shoulders and not particularly surprised. Maybe Grealish. Grealish is like a, like a second-tier option. Yeah. No one else necessarily has any floor associated to them. And for that reason, I'm willing to also in tournaments, just if I put Kevin De Bruyne captain and I play Holland, I'm willing to just avoid the rest of the Manchester City middle-priced options and this is one way where i can hopefully avoid a lot of like uh, combinatorial ownership something you know players owned highly in combination with each other um so no i think uh, yeah i'm i'm with you on that and i yeah i do i think it's possible it's possible for chalanoglu to score like 10 floor points i know you know it's not a great spot but it's totally possible um and i like i like making like that is because I, you know, I still like to make, I'm not going to have a ton of them, but I'm still going to make a few of my favorite uh, city clean sheet lineups, like one, nothing two nothing build. Maybe that I think aren't going to be duped a crazy amount of times. And sometimes in these spots against city, yeah, it's to play the expensive set piece taker against them. People, people don't like to do that. Um, I think, I feel like they'd rather, have a Grealish or a Halland or Gunduan, or, you know, wh- whoever. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think, I don't know, I guess I think, like, Chalanoglu, I don't think he'll be that popular. And no. maybe I, a good way of saying it is maybe his, maybe he gets there on floor more often than his ownership, uh, you know, dictates that he will. This is what I'm wondering. And there's some noise in the chat. Hakan doesn't offer much taking uh... – taking set pieces and we're kind of talking about like 80th percentile outcomes here. We're talking that most of the city players don't really achieve a floor outside of two obvious targets. And I mean, how often does that happen? It's really tough to estimate, but I can see it happening and you can see Hakan getting up to 10 points, chasing the game. He could get there on floor alone. You could make robust lineups where he can win if he gets up to a floor and then you allow your, you don't play him with Aderson, for example. So you allow him to benefit from an assist and a goal as well. Yeah. Like, I think this guy is right. He doesn't offer much of a floor. You know, that's why, like, he's not, like, a great player. We're not excited to, to play him, but it's possible. And if he, he's not going to be that popular. I mean, like, he, he drew he drew five fouls against <laughs> – he drew five yeah. fouls against AC Milan last time. You know, he's just – I don't I'm not saying – He's just going to be out there for 90 minutes. He's got a wicked shot on him. He's great at putting corners in. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, No, I don't think he's a good play. If I was playing just against myself or trying to make an optimal lineup, then I'm going to leave Hakan out. Um, but he could get there. Yeah, I mean, we are, t- we are talking about playing bad plays who 10% of the time are the guy you need. <laughs> this, is, this is how right. showdown works. We, we have to talk about how likely these we have to estimate these tail outcomes somewhat accurately and it's tough i mean it's it's a gross play it's a bad play we're doing our favorite thing talking about the bad plays but i mean this is kind of what we're left with um i do like that option ryan you were talking about playing a clean sheet a 1-0 lineup i like those you know you can do you can still do kevin de bruyne holland and aderson and you can just avoid this mid-range entirely 
and you can just leave a ton of salary on the table. I think that'll be an acceptable way to construct those. Yeah, like as well. Oh, so sorry. Maybe you just said this, <clears throat> but like if you have a KDB captain lineup that also has Grealish, you could just make a Grealish captain instead of KDB. Yeah. Is that what you said? Um, or, no, that's not what I necessarily. But that, then you end up leaving like a bunch of salary. People don't like one or two people do that, but but not many. No, I mean that's a great tactic. If it's a good lineup, if you have a big portfolio and you like Jack Grealish, you can make a bunch more lineups just by swapping those two. And whatever you lose in projection, yeah. you're going to gain in um, relative value and uh, you know ownership. Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking about other outcomes. Like I know Hakan normally doesn't have a floor, and these opponents of City normally don't have a floor. But think about some of the stuff we've seen recently, like guys on Bournemouth putting up 15 floors against Man City, the Leicester a couple games ago, and I mean, just imagine them having a one nothing lead, trying to hold on to the Champions League. I mean. It's going to be some some nervy stuff. I mean, that, that, I don't know. Like, there's just a lot of different ways this can go. And you don't want to, like, if you're playing tournaments especially, you don't want to be too narrow, narrow-minded. narrow No, I agree. And I don't think it's too gigabrain to think that Manchester City have, like, you know, 57% possession. They scored early. And, you know, they're kind of just letting Inter have a little bit more of the ball. Manchester City have played this way before in huge matchups. Like, they lost time of possession battle against Bayern. They, they dominated that game, but they conceded a lot of possession to Bayern. These aren't outrageous outcomes. And I think I'm just echoing your sentiments. Some of these guys flooring a little bit more. Um, Manchester City not pushing in the last 30 minutes. If you assume these types of things happen, I think you can build some pretty unique lineups that aren't terrible, <laughs> that aren't you know finishing in the last place a ton of the time. That's kind of the name of the game. Jack, how much Bernardo Silva are you going to play? Oh my god! So I, I I can't stand Bernardo Silva, but I think I will dabble summon him because there's some fun lineups that you can play if Manchester City dominate, but Haaland doesn't score. This can totally happen, especially if Manchester City score two goals early. Then they're just not going to feel forced to play to Haaland. He'll just draw a couple of follows from a Serbi because he's backing into him. But um, yeah, I like unplugging Holland, and then you can play like Bernardo Gundogan. You can just play the whole uh, the whole squad of Manchester City, then and just hope yeah. the entire offense goes through them and Inter does nothing. Um, I I think that's a kind of reasonable approach. I think it's not yeah, really you know, too much because. You don't have Holland. I mean, Holland's going to be like yeah. sixty to seventy percent. So if you don't play him, you can kind of do whatever you want. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just you know we all, um, everybody feels the same way about Silva for the most part. We don't like to play him, and then you see what happens sometimes. He's the lowest owned City guy and breaks the slate. Um, and you know, in the first, the first leg against oh no, sorry, that was second leg against Madrid. We saw the we saw a brace from him. I'm just looking at his game log. First uh, matchup against Barcelona, he had a goal and an assist. I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't know. I bring it up because he's so tilting. Um, yeah, I think uh, someone in the Discord, Mo Hendy, he was talking about trauma-based lineup building, and uh... <laughs> that's what. It, yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, that's a great word for it. I mean, he's going to be a he's a fine play. He's going to be on the field for most of the game for Manchester City. He's going to be like sixteen percent. Objectively, you remember that game? There was. Yeah. Oh yeah, I see. Here it is, the game against uh, against West Ham. He had like ten crosses in the first half. Everything. Oh, like, what What is going on? He finished with eleven crosses. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I mean, see I don't want to play him. But... I don't want to play him either. I'll probably I play like twenty lineups, and I don't want to have like two Bernardo Silva lineups. I I, I feel like that's a situation where maybe like if Bernardo was a little bit underpriced, but still is going to get overlooked, then I'd make like half my lineups with him. But I just I'd rather just explore my other ideas fully and not just play Bernardo Silva because I'm going to be tilted if he scores. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to be on a two-month break after this, but there's always going to be another soccer DFS slate, so I'll comfortably fade him, I think. Especially at 7,800. I mean, that's expensive. Like, it's a pay-up to be contrarian spot at that point. There's not He's not even a bargain. Um, so I think that all plays into me being more reluctant to play him. Um. Maybe we can start, we've been 45 minutes, maybe we can start galbraining a little bit. We've talked about a lot of ideas, and I think this is kind of how you want to template your thinking. Like, we spent a lot of time talking about Hakan, but you can think about Lautaro as well for 9,200, right? Does he get a, does he score at all? That feels too expensive to me. I'd rather play someone like um someone like an Eden, 
at Injeco. But Ryan, are you going to be building any lineups with um, our good friend Romelu Lukaku at 8,800? Almost guaranteed to sub on at the 65th minute. And if you have a lineup where you think that Manchester City are winning, you can just pluck him in there. You know, would you rather have 1% Romelu Lukaku for 30 minutes or, uh, you know, 15% Alvaro <laughs> for 65 for 90 minutes? Yeah, you know, I don't think I've ever played a sub against Manchester City. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's hard, but I, I, I want to. Like, and it's for the, the scenario that you said, you know, City winning and you know, Lukaku coming on to score the equalizer or to pull one back. Um, yeah, I've thought about it. And just because, you know, I don't want to talk, you know, I didn't want to talk, talk about subs on this show, playing subs on this show, but like, I'm just, I'm just drawn to it even more because it's a city showdown. Everything we mentioned with the dupes and with just, it's already so hard to predict. And it's already sort of like a lottery. So yeah, you know, I would want to play subs, but it's extra hard uh, for this slate because for City, you have Mares, Foden, Alvarez. I mean, maybe you have a take of who's getting subbed on from those guys, but I mean, I don't think anyone could really have a take because Pep, yeah, Pep's just so unpredictable. You know, you yeah, can... I, I don't think you can play any subs that are wearing a Manchester City shirt. You're basically just saying, do I think that Romelu Lukaku gets a penalty in the last 30 minutes and somehow it ties the game up? I, yeah, I think that's the um, only sub sub goal viable option. So it's just really hard to play subs here, which is annoying because in general, with such a such big money for first, they're just they're such a good play. I mean, I know we, we've talked about it plenty, but. Um, yeah, so I don't know. What do you, yeah, I, I, I think know, I'll, I, I think I'll throw in a Lukaku sub. I'm a sicko. I mean, it would be I, so I, sick I, if it worked. I have to do it at least once. Yeah. Um, I will too, obviously. I'm just not going to <laughs> recommend it for other people. Yeah. You know, it, you got to think like 8,800 is annoying too. And like, if he yeah. scores a goal, like he's going to have my finish with 12, 13 points in this spot now that could definitely be enough like yeah it's just so tough. well i mean if city score three goals it's probably not going to be enough <laughs> i mean there's a chance that it's not enough you're kind of has to be a bit yeah. of a one zero or um, maybe he outscores you know maybe no no one else on inter has like above six six points or something and it's just a, a big diff, big enough difference. so he's the only inter player that you, that you maybe with. something like that or like yeah yeah. I don't know, um, man. It's tough. Like you said, trying to galaxy brain stuff. It's because this showdown sucks. Like just if this wasn't the Champions League final, like I hate this showdown. I hate crazy. city showdowns and inter too. Like just inter on their own are so tough. We for their set piece guys, for their forwards with no floor, like I don't know, man. It's just like the number one thing, at least for me, is is going to be just trying to get unique and trying to try um, like a higher percentage of my lineups will be worried about dupes yeah. than, than usual. It's just gross. I, there's not much fun that you can have. Like I will throw in a few Onana captains, but I mean, that's just me thinking that Onana captain is going to be like 2% and he should be 6%. It's not a particularly enjoyable thing to do. It's just something I, <laughs> I robotically, I robotically take part in. Um, and hopefully I can yeah. find the right inter goal score. I don't know. Maybe a couple points we can touch on quick before we go. Lataro at 9,200 just seems too rich. I'd rather take a shot on Ed and Jekko, even if he's going to be subbed early. Um, do you have a take there? Um, no, not really. I mean, what, what's their ownership going to be? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Lataro, they're probably both going to be cheap, low owned. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you there. <laughs> oh, you don't? What do you think? It's no, uh, no, no, so, no. Just that I'd rather play. You said you'd rather play Jacko. I'm not sure that I agree with that, but I, I maybe, get the I mean, reasoning. No, just I mean the salary I, thing. Yeah, because of his salary for sure. 
Um, but maybe the field thinks that. I mean, Lautaro is definitely pay up to be contrarian. He probably is the penalty taker. I know I, I sowed some seeds of discontent, but I mean, if there's a penalty in 20% of games. That's also, if he scores a goal, he, if he scores a goal, there's there's a good chance he's finishing with 20 points. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. Look, He's most likely to score for Inter. So I'll, I'll play some Lautaro. Yeah, why not sprinkle it in? Um, a lot of these things are easier to do once you fade fade Haaland as well. Um, right, right. So that's that's the other thing. I guess we s- sort of skipped that. I mean, yeah, this is with fading Haaland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's almost it's it's boring to talk about fading Haaland, right? Because it's like he's you know fifty five to sixty percent of the time he's going to score a goal, and the field's going to play him, and he's going to be chalk, and you're probably screwed if he go if he scores a goal. It's very annoying, but uh, that's just how it is. I don't mind embracing that variance. I think he's going to be like 65% owned, especially given the salary dynamics on this slate. It's like, do you want to pay up for Hakan? Do you want to play up for Lotaro? It's just like you're kind of funneled into playing Holland. So I think that's going to juice his uh, ownership numbers a little bit more. That just makes me more inclined to fade him and you know, just hope I don't end up on the short side of the stick. The fortunate thing about having all of these uh, city showdowns is we can just keep on fading Holland until we go broke. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's cost me a bunch this year. Um, I don't know. Yeah, what else can we say about it? Like all year, all we talk about is to fade Holland or not. It's the yeah. same thing here. I mean, you just have to build lineups that are good when Holland scores if you play him, and they're good if he doesn't score if you don't play him, and just keep playing and hope you don't go. Hope you don't Do go you broke. think people will play Onana with in Holland lineups? Um, I think people don't play that enough as it is. I don't concern myself with um because that's negative correlation, and I just I feel like that type of thing is underowned. I will do it. I, I don't think a lot of people are going to be willing to do that. Especially if you have like a Holland captain, because he probably has to floor a little bit. He probably has to have a few more shots on target. I'm actually a bit more inclined to play Onana in those situations. Maybe foolishly, but I think no, they I kind don't of think have so. a weird. They have like a weird. They're negatively correlated, but they can win together in these weird set of ways. And um, I think that's worth embracing at the roster Definitely. that you get. Definitely. Yep. I, I agree. All right. I'll, be, I'll be doing the same thing. Um, the other, you know, we, we're talking ga- galaxy brain stuff, like even like an, on a no, not a captain. Like, I think you can even play Halland, De Bruyne. It so- sounds weird, but I don't know. Oh, I've won a, I've won a GPP doing this when City were set to throttle Everton. I did Pickford and then I played five people on the, I played five City guys on the other side. It was just a total barrage, but that can win. Right. Um, that's, I feel like that's not the perfect setup. I think last time I won with that was like Germany, Japan. Like Germany was just chasing the entire game against like a clearly yeah Japan. No, that you're right. Rich, but you can still do something like that. I think you have the salary for it. So right, you're right. Um, yeah, I, don't, I almost don't even want to say it, but I, I was thinking also in in even a lineup where where Helen scores, where Helen scores a goal. Oh yeah, you don't need you don't need the clean sheet to hold whatsoever. Like you just need enough floor and you need to, I, I think the thesis would be like maybe Inter go up early and then City can still win 2-1 and that lineup can, I think that lineup has a chance still if City are barraging with enough shots. Right. Um, um, <clears throat> the thesis is about cheap captain. Like I guess it could be anyone. I guess I, I'm throwing out the, the cheap captain for, for tournaments. You know, if you get the one guy that can score even 10 points, it might allow, you know, it might allow you to, you know, if KDB scores 20, Hallen scores 20, Lataro scores 20, that sort of thing. Yeah. You, you, you could have a winner where maybe Onana scores eight as the captain. I don't know. It, it is possible. It's tough. Yeah, but... it, it's it's weird and it's fringe and you shouldn't overinvest in it, but I think it is possible and you can fit more expensive guys than other people. And we know that goalkeepers can just get stupid floors fairly like I'm randomly. Just, I'm looking for fringe stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, Onana can do something like that, you know, six to ten percent of the time. I'm just making this up. I'm doing a rough estimate, but he's not going to be—he's not going to be rostered for that type of outcome. So I think it's worth—I think it's worth taking a taking a crack at it. 
Um, all right. I think that's going to be about it. Uh, we have, uh, oh, Mo Handy's in the chat. What's up, Mo? He says, uh, Onana Mickey versus Rodri Serbi. Maybe we'll finish with his question, but I say, I, t I like Onana Mickey more than Rodri Serbi. Maybe that's a bit more volatile, but I think it projects better. No, yeah, I like Onana Mickey for sure. Um, but wouldn't that also be Rodri or Mickey? Um, I have no idea. I mean, I, I no, I think yeah, Rodri is more expensive than. So yeah, I I would just not even. I would just I would play Mickey over a Serbi. I guess is what I'm saying. So yeah, it'd be Onana plus Mickey or Rodri plus Mickey. I see. Yeah. Well, I like the Onana side either way, just because I like playing opposing goalkeepers. I can't help myself. Oh, all right. Well, let's call it. It was 55 minutes. It was a uh, Galbrainers, Galbrainers delight. So thank you all for joining us. Thank you to everyone in the chat for living it up in there. Um, do we have anything to plug? I mean, rotowire.com backslash uh, chat. If you're not in the Discord, there's always a lot of good discussion, especially if you play MLS or anything. Usually, uh, you know, me, Moe's in there, Bear's in there. People are chatting it up. So it's a fun place to hang out if you're one of the 12 people that plays MLS DFS. So please come join us. But uh, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. Um, I hope I win the GPP. So good luck getting second place. Um, otherwise, I hope it's a friend of the show. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all in August, hopefully. But good luck, everyone. Thanks, Jack. Good luck, everybody. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.